Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. In today's show, why when it comes to money, easy come is often easy go. And why you might actually want to plan for a windfall. So I wanted to start today's uh, episode with a bit of a story. Um, Back in the day, when I used to work for the financial advisors... I came in one morning and there was this strange electric atmosphere in the office, a kind of air of suppressed excitement, which is not what you typically get from financial advisors <laughs> at 8.30 in the get, morning. They don't get excited that early. Well, they tend to be stumbling around looking for coffee more. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I got in and, like I said, there was this sort of excited atmosphere and I came up to my desk and on my desk there was a big card with a number 30 on it and a glass of sparkling wine. And it wasn't your birthday. It was not my birthday. It wasn't your 30th birthday. It was not, no. (laughs) And in fact, it was not just my desk. Everybody's desk had these on them. And so everybody's kind of watching me as I opened my envelope. And inside, there was a card from the directors and six £50 notes. Mm which just kind of exploded everywhere and fell on my feet and things. It was pretty amazing. And uh, when I looked inside the card, um, it was because we'd won our 30th award in eight years as a firm. Uh, and so the directors had decided to give us, everybody in the company, £10 per award each. Um, and so obviously that was pretty exciting. Um, and I think they made it straight back again because everybody drank their champagne, took their money, was in a great mood and, and just made fantastic sales all that morning. Um, they were, you know, all motivated and G'd up. Um, and I got this money and I just went, this is brilliant. I am just going to splash this. And I did. Um, I... Uh, called my then boyfriend and said, 
we're going out on the town tonight. I booked theatre tickets. I took him out for dinner. We rode in black cabs everywhere. We drank champagne. We finished the night up with whiskey and cigars. It was it was a big night out, and I blew blew the whole lot in one night. And um, this is really, I think, really interesting, right? It's interesting because I could have done anything with that money. But because it was a windfall, because it just kind of came out of nowhere, I felt kind of compelled to throw it back at the universe and get rid of, rid of it almost again really quickly. <laughs> um, and we do feel differently about money from different sources. If I had been given a £300 cheque, say, from my mum and dad... I would have felt like I had to treat that money with some respect towards their feelings. Um, if I'd got a £300 bonus from the firm for some other reason, say, as part of our quarterly sales bonuses, which weren't particularly um, massive, don't think that I used to earn these giant financial services bonuses. Um, but if I'd had an extra £300 as part of that quarterly bonus... I would have treated that very differently. It might have gone in savings. And the other thing that's interesting about this is I did blow the whole lot. Um, I treated it as a single lump of money. And we today's episode is about how we do that, how we categorise money based on the source of the money and treat it accordingly. I'm really interested in the fact that when we get money from different sources, we treat it differently. Mm -hmm. We think differently about money um, depending on how we get it. Mm -hmm. And then we spend it differently or save it differently. Mm -hmm. And that is a phenomenon called mental accounting. We categorise money in our minds and treat it differently as a result. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really interesting because some of the ways in which we perform mental accounting are really irrational. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to talk today about that. Okay. Yeah. So... Mental accounting comes originally from a term, it's described originally by a guy called Richard Thaler. Uh, and he started looking into it into the in the 1980s, but a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today comes from a paper of his called Mental Accounting Matters, which he put out in 1999. Uh, it's public available and it, it's actually, if you are a money nerd, um, it's relatively readable. There's loads of info in there. Um, what kind of what kind of chap is he? What what? So he's um, job. Does, <laughs> does Richard have? Uh, he is a pioneer of behavioural economics. Um, he's really interested in the psychology of decision making. Um, he's a professor. He's a Nobel laureate. Uh, he's particularly well known for writing the book Nudge. If you've heard of Nudge Theory, oh, yeah, Nudge, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so Richard Saylor was one of the authors of Nudge. Yeah. He is a, a psychologist, oh, okay. behavioural economics, right. psychology, and he's done uh, work around um, marketing and, and psychology and marketing, mm. but also just general behavioural psychology and behavioural economics research. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's he's very well regarded. Um, economist, psychologist, mm -hmm. person. So, yeah, th there's so much to say about this. So we're going to focus today just on the first half. We're going to look at income. Mm -hmm. But actually, I want to do a two-parter. So we're going to come back and do a second part on this and, and talk about how we treat different types of spending money differently as well. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know whether you've... This is something that rings any bells with you, Alex. Well, <laughs> I mean, coming back to... We um, sort of talked between ourselves before about our slight differences in personality around mm. money sometimes and that I am a bit of a chronic underspender sure. and afraid to spend. And um, so I have had, obviously, times in my life when I've been given money. Mm. Um, but I haven't had a situation like that where I've gone out and just spent it kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I've been told to specifically. So my grandma, ah. um, she liked when she gave us presents for us to spend it on something completely pointlessly mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and she was quite fastidious about that um, making sure that we went out and spend it on something frivolous Good. but uh, usually when I get money for Christmas it kind of goes into my account or if I've had bonuses it's like oh well I better do something sensible with that <laughs> or uh, I, I think there's also there's like the unexpected windfall amount of money like yeah. I've had bonuses for jobs I've had many moons ago although they weren't very big ones not like you know Mm. banking bonuses and a couple hundred quid too um, but maybe it's also something about having it in cash it's, it's kind of in your hand is quite different absolutely yeah so I'm I'm not just thinking about you know getting money in and, and just automatically blowing it but does the idea that money from different sources feels different does that is that yeah, something that chimes it, with it you it can do yeah it, yeah <laughs> I was thinking you know because I did get a tax rebate this year yeah, um, that's so a classic. That yeah, uh, people people tend to feel like a cash uh, like a tax rebate is a windfall mm. on some level, rather than I thought it. I thought it was a mistake, <laughs> <laughs> so I held it in a separate account, waiting for them to come and knock on my door and ask for it back. And it has now oh. been three months, but I still feel like it might be a mistake, and they're going to come and ask it for it back. Oh no! But oh, I, dear. I, they probably would have done it by now, wouldn't they? Yeah. So yeah. Th- there's my there's my anxiety bubbling over. <laughs> One of the things that's really interesting in in terms of this is it's a while ago for both of us. But do you remember getting your first paycheck ever? Uh, yes, I do because it was frighteningly small. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't remember. I remember getting it for my first sort of proper mm. um, inverted commas job, um, where like the first job I had in my career path, rather than it right. being a job I did a Saturday in, job, or yeah, something. like yeah. holidays when I was back from uni, like working in bars and restaurants and stuff. But mm. I remember mm. getting my first sort of salary pay packet. Yeah, and um, so I was a journalist then. I was a trainee journalist, so I earned like three beans yeah. and a pea yeah. <laughs> every month. So when it came through, I was like, "Oh God, that's small." Yeah. <laughs> But what about the first time well, when you were doing one of those Saturday jobs where you'd actually earned the money mm. that you were now being given? Because it feels like quite a shift if you, when you're growing up, you get some pocket money mm. um, and that's that's money that your mum gives you or your dad gives you or whoever it is. And, and you almost feel quite kind of, I, I don't know, some people feel quite entitled to that. I think I felt quite entitled to that. It, you know, it was my mum and dad would, would give yeah. me that weekly and, and that was that was my pocket money that I was going to have then going out and actually working for some money and getting paid that I felt really proud of myself for having earned some money and sort of deserving it as opposed to and especially because you know my first job was being a cashier in Littlewoods and it was 
pretty grim. <laughs> um, so it was it involved wearing really, really ugly polyester uniform. <laughs> you uh, were one hundred percent flammable at all times. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So was most of the store, to be honest with you. One false move, we'd have all gone up like a candle. Yeah, it was, it was really. I remember feeling really proud of myself getting that first paycheck mm. and feeling like I was actually contributing back to my family by mm. by earning that money as opposed to mm. receiving money from my parents. Mm. Um, and I don't remember exactly what I did with it, but I do remember feeling like I wanted to be careful with it in a way that I probably hadn't been with pocket money. Mm. I guess because I knew how many hours of polyester wearing <laughs> gone into it electrically statified static yeah. chafing went into that yeah just, just just a bit sweaty really it's not good it's not good so yeah i think there is i think there is something um different about how people treat earned income mm-hmm. from from unearned income mm. um and i think there's something different about expected income and windfalls as well mm. yeah the, the only other form of windfall i've had is i i won, I won 10 pound on the lottery the other week oh well done plowed it straight back into tickets that all lost <laughs> so <laughs> well i was going to talk about winnings and prizes but um yeah that's that's really interesting to me that you did actually do that yeah it's so not like well the that's thing very is very unlike kind, you yeah but it kind of it's in your account like because you have to have yeah. an online account that you have oh, well, okay. i mean like i've never done i've never gone into a shop and done it because i don't know how it works and I'm too shy to ask but um, I've done <laughs> what a dope um, <laughs> but I've done it online and um, mm-hmm. and it just kind of gets credited into your account so it kind of looks like not real money ah. and also it's only £10 and it costs you like £2.50 to play now it's ridiculous right? Um, and there are other games are available but um, at different prices some of them are a lot but I just think it's like to me that's just a kind of such a small amount of money really and it's not it's not real money. It's just winning. So I may as well try and win the sixty four million because that's going to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> with my ten pounds. But I, that's and exactly... I never kind of extract it into my own bank account, which you can do. No, well, that is literally the first time I've ever won anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. maybe there's someone out there. I mean, one because they send you an email when you've won, and it's the same email, however much you won, because it's just like a blank, you know, plain email that says yeah. you might want to check your account, and you're like, oh my god, it's the big one. No, it's mm-hmm. ten pounds every single time. <laughs> I wonder if there's someone out there listening who's had the big one and like, woohoo! Um, yeah. I thought it was ten pounds the other way around. But yeah. yeah, it's kind of I always, I I always think that if it's a small amount, that I'll end up just going. Psh, yeah, rather than doing anything sensible with it, which isn't, it's totally against type. But yeah, no, there's re- that's really interesting to me that that winnings for you fall into a completely separate category from all other kinds of money. Yeah, I guess maybe because it's it's a frivolous, sourceless. There's nobody else involved in it except me. Kind of amount of money that I'm just mm. like. Pfft. Whereas you know money that you get from birthday presents and things feels like you were saying about there being, you know, maybe you've got someone else in mind when you're right. deciding what to buy with it. Right. Right. That there is there's no right. attachment for this. I'm I'm pounds. deeply terrified of gambling because I know I could go very, very wrong with it. So I don't play the lottery. I don't do oh. I don't do anything that could be um 
I don't gamble at all. I don't even do the lottery because I'm really scared. I know I could very easily go down a bad path with that. I know I'm never going to. Yeah. You could literally stand me in front of a fruit machine and I get bored after like five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I I just like, I'm too too shy with the money to do it. I, I, yeah, I... I can see it being a, a world of, of wrong for me. <laughs> so I uh, I steer well clear of all kinds of gambling. I, the only time, practically, um, I've ever gambled. In fact, I gambled once. Uh, somebody made a bet with me at the IFAs. Mm. Um, and I knew I was going to win it because <laughs> I knew he was wrong about the thing he was betting me. And so I won oh, five pounds. But right. that doesn't count as gambling because I knew he was wrong. But what did you spend it on, Martha? Oh, that's a really good question. I think I probably just bought coffee and cake. Sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I just bought lunch with it, maybe. You upped your meal deal that day. Yeah, that that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another kind of money that people really... Uh, struggle to work out where where it ought to sit and to treat as um, ordinary money in some way is borrowed money. Mm. I think a lot of people struggle to remember it's not theirs. Mm. Borrowed falling into... It's not just stuff you kind of feel like you're actively borrowing, but does that include credit cards and things? Yeah, absolutely. Credit cards and overdrafts and things as it well. It is like a mindset of, that's not really borrowing, is it? Mm. It's just paying a different time <laughs> yeah it, it is borrowing it totally is borrowing and I think that's that's one of those things that people really struggle to remember that available balance is not the same thing as a balance that you're encouraged to spend mm. that that is not your money just because it's available to you mm. and I, I quite dislike that wording I'd like there to be some some different wording somehow to distinguish particularly on my bank account between the money that's mine and the money that's overdraft. Mm. So all of those kinds of money, people tend to treat quite differently. A lot of people will overspend on credit cards and um, an overdraft spending in a way that they wouldn't on money that they have themselves earned. Mm. It's quite a common phenomenon that people will spend borrowed money more freely than mm. than earned money. Mm. Is there any particular reason why that happens? Did Richard Thaler look into this? The term that that Thaler uses is decoupling. Mm. So the experience of purchasing and receiving the object and the the experience of paying for it are decoupled, which reduces apparently your kind of emotional experience of the spending. Mm. So you don't feel the spend happening as much. But also that spend is lumped in with all the other months, uh, all the other of that month's purchases on that card and they all turn up as one big bill. So when you add lots of little things into one big spend, each little spend feels less significant. So there is this feeling that, um, you know, instead of it being a big spend of however much on whatever it is you've bought... It, instead, it's it's just a little, a small percentage of this much bigger bill that's going to turn up later on, mm. and and so that makes people much more willing to to spend because it's it's all sort of far into the future, but also it's only a small proportion of this bigger. Yeah, I guess you don't see because it's not going out of your cash as well. You don't see that whittling away that depletion mm. that makes you mm. go. Ha, ha. It's all just kind of piling up in a corner that you're not even looking in. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. 
Yeah, and and that's you know as evidence, stores will pay you know three percent of their revenue to store card providers in order to have a credit card that people can use in their store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're paying the, the store card providers why. And the reason is because loyalty and because people will blow far more money on a credit card than they will. And it's not just that people are greedy or impatient. Some of it is that. But it, but it's actually the, the trick that mm. your mind plays on you when the bill will come later. It's more ignorable for mm. longer. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more ignorable and it's also much more... Like I said, it's it's separated out and it becomes part of this larger lump sum and therefore proportionately feels more trivial. So I think that's quite interesting. Mm. I like the fact that you were talking just now about your grandma and, and gifts and things. Because <laughs> there is, there's a, even if somebody is not specific about what a gift ought to be spent on, I love the fact that your grandma really was. Yeah. If you get a gift from somebody... You can feel this pressure to spend it the way that they would want you to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's sort of how I would feel about being given money, um, that I wouldn't want to spend it on something that a person would disapprove of, mm. which is fine and good. It is also kind of irrational because I'm probably still going to get the thing they would disapprove of mm. out of quote-unquote my money, but... I only have the available my money because I've got their money. <laughs> um, so it's it's worth thinking a bit more uh, about that and about the fact that you know a person's a person's gift is not necessarily a completely separate stream of money. Yeah, because not everyone has a grandma who wants them to go out and buy a pair of shoes they'll wear once. Mm. <laughs> on purpose. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's a bit more pressure involved. Yes, that's also true as well. Yeah, that's also true. So I think there's there's a point here really is just to say, take some time to think about how you think about different types of money and whether that affects how you treat them and whether you're looking at the source of some money and letting that affect it, how you spend it in a way that's helpful or unhelpful to you. Mm. Um, and particularly when it comes to unexpected money, mm. having a bit of forethought about what would you do if you... It's quite a nice exercise this time. Mm. Making a little windfall plan. Mm. If you happened to get an unexpected dollop of cash, have a bit of a think about, you know, what would you do with your with a windfall so you don't you know, spunk it without really thinking about it. Or Or like me, sit on it in an account, waiting for HMRC to knock on my door and come and get it back. (laughs) It's not a windfall. It was just tax overpaid. I know. Um, (laughs) But also, like, I've literally done nothing with it because I'm terrified of it. Yeah. So actually actually having some ideas beforehand of what Mm. you want to do with it so that, you know, you don't potentially regret either letting it slip into general funds and mm. be dissipated if you would really like to have had the opportunity to enjoy it or regret spending it on what turned out to be a lousy ex-boyfriend <laughs> when you yeah. could have saved it and got yeah. years worth of interest on it by now. Because there's also that thing of looking at it like just because it's a 
lump of cash that arrives in one go doesn't mean it has to go in one place either. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I've looked at this like money that I got, you know, from tax rebate. But mm-hmm. it's also like I, I could have had, you know, yes, it's sensible to have some of that because I work freelance, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but I, I could take off like 50 quid of that and do something nice with it. Absolutely. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be the all or the nothing yeah. of, of yeah. the entire slab of money. Um, yeah. You know, you can... You can separate it out. And I quite like that idea of like thinking about, you know, <laughs> windfall planning. Not yeah. that you can plan when they would ever come, but... You can't, um, you can't plan when they would come, but you can have mm. a little think in advance about... Particularly, again, we think about different sizes of amounts of money differently. Mm. So, you know, what you would do with £10, what you would do with £50, what you would do with 100 what you'd do with 500 what you'd do with 1000 you know, each of those, you probably have an idea of what you would do and it might be quite different. Mm. Um, and it might be that, you know, you might say, well, if I got a thousand pounds, I'd save it all. Mm. Uh, but if I got ten pounds, I'd just spend it on something nice straight mm. away. Sweet teeth. <laughs> 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 but if your if your goal is saving, then save ten pounds. Mm. You know, or if you know, if you get the thousand, as you've just said. Um, Spend ten of it on sweeties. <laughs> Put the like other nine nine hundred ninety into the savings. Yeah. Like, you know, as you say, you can split it up and and have a bit of a have a bit of a think about mm-hmm. how you might how you might treat something like that, um, so that you're ready in the yeah. event of something awesome happening. It's also preparing yourself a little for your own kind of habitual mode. Mm. Like if yes. I thought about this a bit more, then <clears throat> maybe I would actually do something fun with it rather than yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If I if I thought you know this is my approach to it beforehand, then when it happens, maybe I'd be a little bit more lenient on myself. Yeah, well, I do. So um, my husband and I keep a Pinterest board, which is a a kind of wish list of nice stuff we'd like to have things that we're saving towards mostly but it also acts quite nicely as a little gift list Mm. for either of us when it comes around to holiday times Mm. and birthdays and so on and that's also quite handy because then you're not if you do want to splash out with something some unexpected cash you actually have a list of kind of quality things that you would like to get from rather than um, if you do have an impulse to just go and oh, I want to use this and have some fun, you, you're not there going, oh, I'm just going to throw it on the first thing that appears in my vision that looks cool. Mm. You actually got something cool that you've had your eye on for a while. And that's, mm. that's quite nice as well. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London. With production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King, and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.